0: Hello, welcome to Colonel's episode 11. I'm Christopher Houghton. Today we're going to be mostly be talking about Game of Thrones. I might ask producer Matt to cue the uh, intro music now just because it's really dramatic as we <laughs> talk about the last couple of days. But um, yeah, before we get into it, uh, what have we been doing? Me and Jacob, uh, I'm here with Jacob Stillworthy Hello. and Jack Shepard. Um, me and Jacob were at a screening of The Beguiled last night, the new yeah. Sophia couple of movie, which was, I don't know, stood out to me like... The the Bachelor, if it was set in the Civil War era. <laughs> kind of just a load of women fighting over a man.
1: Yeah. Did uh, you, you, you know, enjoy it? I, I did enjoy it. Uh, I think um, it's not Sofia Coppola's best, but I think it's... Like, if another filmmaker had made this, it'd probably be the uh, the highlight of their career. Which has, speaks a lot about Sophia's career. Yeah, and
0: it, it looked incredible. Like all the oh, absolutely beautifully shot, set in the deep south. All the shots of like the kind of mist in the trees. Yeah.
1: And oh, and the, and the performances are. I mean, it's a, it's a film you go and see for you know if you go for the performances and stay for Sophia's direction. Really, Nicole yeah. Kidman absolutely brilliant.
0: Colin Farrell as well, great actor. Let it be known. He sometimes gets some stick, but I think he's... he, he does, doesn't cool. he? Yeah. Jack, you you were doing interviews mostly yesterday, right?
2: Yeah, I was talking to the guys from Netflix on multiple new shows, like The Defenders, Ozark with Jason Bateman, Gypsy with Naomi Watts, and Death Note with Adam Wingard directing. Mm. That was... Actually, I'm not allowed to talk about that film. It wasn't finished, (laughs) but... Mate... the other ones (laughs) (laughs) you don't want to talk about I'm not allowed to talk about any of them I'm allowed to talk about Gypsy because that's out now the rest are all embargoed still yeah actually by the time this comes out I don't think Ozark is with Jason Bateman and that was that's quite odd. It's quite an odd series.
1: Be careful very, what you say, it's <laughs> but you can tell us like
0: so.
2: what's you know because the, tra- the trailers and stuff
1: around yeah. there, like
0: what they're about. Because I mean, Netflix fires out so many things now. I don't even know what Ozark yeah. and Gypsy are, even though they have like Naomi Watson people mm. in them. Yeah,
2: well, like Gypsy is about a this woman played by Naomi Watts who's like a therapist, and she she's living this like you know like a really average. Marriage, average life with kind of a nice husband, and she just wants a bit of spice in her life, so she goes off with this young woman gypsy. It's not. There's nothing. I don't ah! know where does the <laughs> gypsy come into like, this? I don't know. I have no idea. I I got two episodes in, and to be honest, it's one of the most dire shows I've ever watched. I got so ever bored. watched. Yeah, <laughs> wow. no, it was really. Did you tell Naomi that? I didn't tell Naomi that. She was lovely, <laughs> and she's really good in it, but it's just. The story, nothing happens in it. Nothing happens in it at all from what I gather. It's just she kind of fancies this younger woman and that's about it. Like, oh, they kind of, they play this do they, don't they? And I think it's... They were saying it's an episode seven. They finally get to it. That's seven hours of this show before they finally. <laughs> That's do a big something. ask, isn't it? Like, I you get the thing of like you need to
0: watch three or four episodes, but asking you to plug with it till yeah. seven to yeah. get to it.
1: I mean, the the reviews have been shocking. from what I've seen, you're, you're not the only one who's thinking this. No, they've been yeah pretty bad poor
0: Naomi Watts man she needs a new agent because coming off the back of the book of Henry as well oh, <laughs> oh yeah which i have not seen.
1: which which it's kind of worked on me in, in that I want to see it just to see how bad yeah, it yeah. actually not is not to plug my own
0: review but if any listeners do want to check it out it's <laughs> definitely the worst film i've seen what well, your headline? is, yeah. the, is, the, mo- most, is it's, the most it's the film you like the, unsee movie of the year yeah, it? yeah it's yeah. the unsee movie of the year it's like it's quite unfathomable how it got made yeah <laughs> which makes it supremely entertaining
1: so everyone buck you up for a ticket oh yeah that's <laughs> oh, i think it's going to work on me in that way she's in um from from what i hear i'm a bit behind but she's now one of the main characters in twin uh, the new twin peaks that's mm. true so david lynch has been her savior yeah
0: and she is a great, Again, She she's a great actress she's
1: very good actress we're talking on, just really quickly, talking on Netflix, I was scrolling through yesterday and I saw that The Circle, the, mm, um, the adaptation of the day yeah. back, is now on Netflix, which I had no idea. But I think apparently it was a, a consequence of the negative reviews. They were like, Netflix, they just kind of saw an easy buyout and like, let's put it on Netflix not release it in cinemas. Oh,
2: which is quite oh. interesting.
1: Yeah. That's
2: interesting. So it's now just,
1: just appeared on, on Netflix. It's
2: been overshadowed by
1: that other aucture.
2: That came out the same week. Yeah, everyone's watching *Oxygen* now. Which was always meant to be a Netflix production.
1: Like that was going to be a Netflix film, like *Plan B*. But *The Circle* has just been, yeah. That's like the the new straight to DVD thing. Precisely. Mm. Yeah, it gives it a new life.
0: (laughs) So yeah, so *Game of Thrones*. This is the last podcast before it all starts again, and before as TV and film reporters, it takes over our lives. (laughs) Um, I mean, the phrasing of the question this week is is Game of Thrones actually good, sounds a bit kind of rhetorical. I didn't mean for it to. This is not necessarily bashing Game of Thrones, but more just, like, analysing the hype. Because, I mean, is it it fair to say it's, like, the most talked-about, hyped show? I mean, I, I, I guess it's hard to compare when you've got things like Dallas from back in the day. But in terms of since, like, the internet's been a factor, it does seem to be.
2: Like, I can't think of anything that's been more talked about. Right now everyone's talking about it. I think everyone's getting excited for the new season you can pretty much talk to any friend and mention Game of Thrones and they'll have an opinion on it mm. yeah. which I think is unlike any other show
1: currently airing yeah I think what's it, like I can think of a few shows that have had that feverish internet uh, discussion week on week or throughout the year leading up to a season but I think with Game, what's different with Game of Thrones is that it's everyone. Watching it, even if even if they're a fan or they're not, yeah, hmm. everyone still watches Game of Thrones. It's a, it's a it's a must watch in that in that sense. Whether whether you like it or you don't,
0: yeah, we don't get preview episodes because it leaked a couple of seasons back. So I'll be up uh, every Sunday night at <laughs> one AM from now on. <laughs> the great it, shift, it, which I I secretly kind of enjoy. Um, it's a bit lonely sometimes. It's is a little like, bit, yeah. but. <laughs> I don't know. It's not too bad. Sol- just,
1: little solitude. Yeah, I once on had mind. like
0: uh, we realized we had m- mice in our house, and I was sitting there watching Game of Thrones one night, and a little mouse just crawled out onto the carpet <laughs> and just <laughs> sat and watched Game of Thrones See, with me. Even like, <laughs> mice friend. are watching Game <laughs> yeah, of Thrones. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's big in the uh, in the rodent world. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, the question of like whether it's su- of such high quality, I think, is always just because is because of the hype. Like, mm. it is a great show, but the amount of talk about it suggests as if it's like the greatest of all time and Mm. i've just increasingly as we've been covering it as we've been watching it starting to think that it it is lacking in some areas like choreography wise production wise vfx wise it's like absolutely world leading and Mm. all of those people should be applauded and are honored every opportunity at like technical awards and emmys and stuff but i just i feel like on the dramatic side of things, maybe it's it's lacking in some areas. What do you guys think?
2: I think it recently it's la- become lacking. I think like the first three seasons, I've thoroughly enjoyed, and then since then, it's kind of it's almost fallen down because of the hype. Because everyone has been talking about it, everyone's been watching it. And those first three seasons, I feel like it didn't quite have that, and there wasn't yeah. this pressure on it. And now there is, and so every episode gets scrutinised so much. But then you realise, like, some of the dialogue just isn't that strong at all, and it's almost become about these action sequences. Mm. Then we were saying earlier, kind of, especially season five, it's a really weak season, but it has this one amazing episode, yeah, where it's like hard home, where you've got Jon Snow kind of fighting all the White Walkers and doing whatever, and it is incredible. It's so much, it's so great but the rest of that season
0: is pretty weak. Yeah. yeah, I think you can tell that as well in the way that every season now is, is sort of reflected in the fact that people are like, what's the big battle going to be? Because mm-hmm. no <laughs> one knows that the rest of it's going to be maybe not going to live up to their expectations. They're just craving this huge
1: spectacle. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I mean I, I, I'm i going to go in on it. I, I actually think it's it's one of the... I, I, I don't think it's a well-written TV show at all but then it's got me thinking do I think do I think the writing's not strong or do I think the pacing's off with Game of Thrones because I always feel that by the end of an episode um, so much should have happened and yet not a lot has and I don't mind that in TV usually but with Game of Thrones I have a real issue with that because of the award success heaped upon it and the critical acclaim heaped upon it I think it's I think it's all quite undeserving Uh, like you two said uh, in the early days I don't think that was the case I think it started off like like an engaging family drama and it's now kind yeah. of coalesced into a bit of a sprawling mess filled with car- subpar characters that aren't as good as the ones that have been killed off before and the ones that are still alive in it who who are great, who've been there from the beginning, I kind of resent these other characters for eating into their screen time, like the Lannisters for example, I think they're all great um, but I think a lot of the other characters just don't really do it for me and then you're spending a lot of time, you know, e- extended se- scenes of poor dialogue where I feel the writers are kind of you can hear them creaking. I don't, I don't, I don't think yeah. that it comes to them easily. And it's probably because they've, had to, they've got to, to dance the, um, you know, they've got to toe the line between the book and they've got to appease the fans of the book as well as the TV show. And it's, it's hard. But at the same time, I think they haven't been succeeding as well as they used to do in the first three seasons. Yeah. So, which
2: characters do you think are weaker?
1: Uh, we can now. Uh, I thought Ramsey Bolton, Ramsey Snow, I thought everyone went on about how great a villain he was. He was, you know, he lived up to the task of matching Joffrey and things like that. And he just, for me, he didn't. He was almost panto, was mustache, kind of wasn't it? He yeah, was. Yeah. I, mean, I don't mean, it's, no, it's nothing on, on Hugh and Rian, how do you say his name, Hugh and Rian, the actor. I, I, yeah. I think he did the best he could yeah. do. But I think he was just given that role of you know Theon running away from him and then he'd like pop up with his dogs at the end like you you can't get away from me and it was just, by the end it was fairly rote and Joffrey was it just kind of highlighted how good Joffrey had been yeah you know how, what yeah. a great character um yeah I, think I mean it
2: almost got to that self parodying point where you was kind of like, oh he's gonna kill someone because it's Game of Thrones mm. oh it's a main character's gonna die because that's what they do on Game of Thrones yeah yeah and it kind of that hadn't really been done so much before and now it's got to that stage where you just expect it and so when someone dies it's not really that shocking unless perhaps it was Jon Snow but Uh, then and also with the death thing I feel like when, when Game of Thrones first started, it was
0: quite cool that they really went there with the deaths. That mm-hmm. was, like, a shocking mm-hmm. thing about it. Now it's almost, like, fetishized, and they just do it because it's, like, that's the thing. It's like, headline growing. Do you remember crying? that one? I was yeah. watching a recap today because I couldn't remember a lot about the last season, uh, where, like, the mountain pushes a guy against a wall mm. and, like, splats mm. his head. It just feels like a like a slapstick moment now. It's like a, you know, what gruesome deaths can we come up with? Yeah. But it's changed a lot, like, because I, I didn't... I came to it quite late. I think I was only up to date when it was season four, so I watched one to four back to back. In mm-hmm. the first season, I think the reason it like everyone was so attracted to it is because up until then, all medieval sort of vibe, like medieval genre fantasy things had been kind of quite basic, and this one had kind of had an intellect to it and quite political, and you got that in the first season. Mm. But then it's increasingly just become more of a Dungeons and Dragons kind of mm-hmm. thing, hasn't mm-hmm. it? Um, Which
1: I, I think I think what, what I like about Game of Thrones is is the world building. I think it's that that aspect of it, where where you, you uh, travel to new locations with certain characters, is what's great. But I wish there was more of that. Instead, it's kind of honing in on these characters, thinking that they've got these characters that are going to stand the test of time alongside you know Tony Soprano, Walter White. And they just do not compare. Mm-hmm. Apart from say maybe Cersei Lannister. Or uh, you know, not even Jon Snow or, in my mind, uh, Daenerys come close. That's quite an interesting point about world building, though, because someone like
2: Daenerys, I think, really sums that up. Mm. In that, in the first few seasons, she was travelling with Khal Drogo around, kind of going to all these places, and then in the last two seasons, she's been stuck in that city of Marine, kind of just (laughs) you've just been waiting for her. So like she's built an army, yeah, she's done now she's travelling across. Like finally she's yeah. travelling across because that was so boring. That was a creaking is, I in our about before yeah. where you can
1: just feel them thinking, How they, can we they absolutely this tanked out. the
0: character of Tyrion as well in that storyline. Oh, he was man, so man. good in the early seasons, then they took him over to Bravos over to Marine and he's just wandering
1: around. I almost forget he's in this show. Yeah, yeah. When he used
2: to be like the strongest thing about it. Mm. It's crazy. Well he's an, he's an intellectual villain. player. Like he's supposed to be playing these mind games mm-hmm. and he hasn't had an opportunity to at all. Mm. So you just completely wasted what was a fantastic character for an entire season by just making him sit there and make like dick jokes or whatever. What was that? There was like a scene where he's talking to who's the grey
0: worm. Yeah. Or, yeah, there
2: is just literally a dick joke and it's just
0: <laughs> like, right, move on. Who are we going to next? It
1: like, he was just like, he's like, who's got a joke? Something like that. Yeah. And he like, yeah, it's just ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I... Uh, it does feel like there's too many characters and they're kind of, well, not so much they've written themselves into corner, but maybe George R. R. Martin's written them into a corner because he has the time and space in a book to do stuff, mm-hmm. to do character development that they can't do. But increasingly it just feels like it's just zooming around every different character and you mm-hmm. spend five minutes with each character and it kind of is, it gets across this really simple plot point about them of like, ah, oh, they say this, but they think this, mm-hmm. and then, then you go across and it just, I don't know, it just seems to go through the motions and... Um,
1: a bit yeah i agree and i think the characters are so kind of drenched in cult- cultural familiarity now like that that when when you're you sit and to watch an episode of game of thrones it does feel like an event i'll give it that it always feels yeah. like an event but then when a scene ends or an episode ends you can't you you, you feel you can't have a feel well i feel flat i feel like i, I didn't really yeah, get didn't. anything from that but I, I think the majority of people would be like oh it was eight. it was awesome that interaction between these characters who haven't seen each other since season two And I'm like, yeah, that's great, but it should kind of pack more of of a punch.
2: Perhaps perhaps some of the side characters have really... Everyone kind of latches onto them more so as, like, favourite characters. Someone Mm. like Littlefinger, who... (laughs) Sejora, Sejora. yeah, people don't really... You don't really talk about them so much, like, like headline... They're not headline-grabbing characters, unlike someone like Jon Snow. But they're really interesting, Mm. because they are behind the scenes working things and you forget about them and then suddenly they'll pop up and you'll be like damn mm. that was cool.
0: You could um, argue that a like, little thing is really the only, the only interesting character because they have all every, all of them have become so good and evil and he's the only one who's kind of straddling the middle and you don't really know mm-hmm. what he's going to do next and he's which makes him interesting. I, I always like enjoy I like Yara Greyjoy. Mm-hmm. I like Lyanna Mormont. It's fairly new, but when when it comes when it sets like the scene goes down to like Sam and he's like, oh, I don't know, cracking some really awful like jokes about him being like a country bumpkin. I'm just like I do not need this. I'm not
1: there for that. And from what I hear, his family you're gonna meet more of his family oh, in the upcoming great. season. So yeah. <laughs> but this is where
2: it has become more of the spectacle. Because you look at last season and you think of that final battle. Mm. Like um was it Battle of the Bastards? Yeah. That is that's an astonishing episode. It's it a really good amazing. episode. Yeah. It's great.
1: So you can't But I think that's what I mean. I feel like I feel like the those Those sequences and the budget being thrown its way is kind Mm of, you know, it it, you can attribute that to, in my mind, the show's uh, lack of quality elsewhere. Yeah. It's really, it's really weird because I feel like it's, it's like these, it's an, it's an unremarkable series filled with remarkable scenes. But the yeah. only reason that it, that the scenes, that the remarkable scenes are there, is because of the huge acclaim and the hype and the money thrown at it. Yeah. But it, it would only ever have got there had it been good in the first place. So it's like this cycle of it's I think its, maybe its own that's
0: downfall. Why, that's why the, the early seasons are good because they didn't have that crazy budget to play with, so they had to make. The yeah. Whereas I think I was saying to you guys the other day, like. If it had, if Game of Thrones now had the budget of like a, what are those like Stars Network kind of series you get, not Vikings, but maybe like some more on that. Black, if they had a vi-
1: Black sales, is that one of them? Yeah, that like not Black, Black and- Sails, yeah. If they had
0: that kind of budget, it would it would be not be good. No, it would
2: because you, you wouldn't be able to achieve those amazing scenes, and it would just be left on the kind of somewhat ropey script. Yeah, it's quite funny how this because I feel like this has also happened with superhero films in a lot of ways you look at Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman's a really good film up until the final third where it all becomes about the spectacle and it com- becomes about this massive fight scene with all these explosions and stuff and that's just the way those films have got they throw, you know, studios throw 200 million dollars at them and, mm. and they just expect a massive explosive fight without any content surrounding it mm. and it's the same problem that's now happened to Game of Thrones where you just throw so much money at it and you just, so everyone expects a massive fight of some description with huge amounts of CGI and whatever without the scenes to back it up mm. That also is like a, a recipe for it not to age well because yeah. when, you're, when you're just
0: chasing like the most cinematic battle scene ever staged, it just means in 10 years time someone's going to do that mm-hmm. much better because yeah. the technology is advanced, so I don't know whether it's so beloved right now. I don't know if it still will be in five or ten years' time when other shows have been able to surpass it in the kind of production side of things. Yeah,
1: I, I agree with that. I think I think Game of Thrones has done for cable TV what Lost did for network television back in 2004, and I think what that is is it's kind of embedded itself as a as a culturally significant show now and one that it will probably. Uh, in reviews for future TV shows, people will be comparing it to Game of Thrones. Like, people compare TV shows to Lost now. Um, and I think for that, people will will probably be talking about it in 10 years' time, but I don't think they'll be talking about it in the way that the team behind it would like them to, which is considering it one of the greats alongside, yeah. you know, Breaking Bad, The Sopranos, Mad Men. It won't be mentioned no. along those TV shows. It just, it just won't. Mm-hmm. And if it is, I mean, I'll be very shocked.
0: It's interesting, we were talking about the... The characters kind of being being boxed in and you only get a bit of time with them then obviously an argument is that they should have standalone episodes where you spend time which yeah. they've kind of done a little bit and um entertainment weekly were talking to david benioff the uh, co-creator about it recently you know they he said uh that's a tough one because once you pick one as your favorite then everybody else gets excluded and it becomes like asking a grandfather which of his kids he likes best i think it would be cool to have a whole season like that where you're following each character on separate stories
1: we just can't because we're pushing towards the end and that's <laughs> I think that's 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 ex- that kind of says everything we need to know about his lack of confidence in his storytelling abilities
0: and it's just quite cynical pushing towards the end isn't it it's like oh we we haven't got time with this character stuff yeah, we just yeah. need to get a massive we need to get the
1: white walkers down and oh yeah. Uh, yeah that for me is why um why it just won't be considered one of the greats because i think the best shows can do that with ease and you don't even you know you don't feel like you're lacking in anything you feel like you've seen a great episode of that tv show mm. like i hate to go on about it like I have done in previous episodes. But The Leftovers, it absolutely nailed the standalone episode. And there have been lots of other TV shows that have done it, but Leftovers did it to such an impressive degree in its final season, uh, which actually begins, it's just yeah. begun in the UK now, if you want to watch it. Um, it's like four or five characters, every single one's great, you, you can't. Some might come into it into the other one uh, into their episode, like in, in a cameo appearance. It could be a main character who just becomes a walking cameo in that episode, but everything you need to know about that character's storyline is kind of answered, resolved, without even realizing it, fluidly, naturally. It's Game of Thrones, like you say. It's very much like plot A to plot B, connecting yeah. to plot C. Uh, it's very, it's very um,
2: I don't think there's a single Game of Thrones character I'd like to see an episode of solo. Like, you kind of get those Jon Snow ones, but they're just battles. Mm. Imagine an entire episode of just Jon Snow talking. I I could deal with, like, a a
1: Brienne episode or a Jamie episode, maybe, I don't know. The Hound would be a good one, just kind of seeing him gallivanting around. But again... One would do, and it and
0: I think and. it would make it more effective because obviously they're working to hold this whole meetup thing that's going to happen in season seven, where these main characters get together. Mm. I think if you had spent like an hour with this person and they were three dimensional, you got to really know them, yeah. and then with another character, then when they did meet up, I think you'd feel a bit more satisfied
1: by it. I I, I agree. I think again, I get know a show that that um, that does that to some. You know, to a degree of success, but also sometimes not. It's the Walking to Dead. Yeah, walking dead. Yeah, mm. I think it does it, but the thing that the Walking Dead does, and it's what Game of Thrones would be brave to do, is they kind of throw these smaller characters to the forefront, where you spend time with one or two characters that aren't even you. Can, you can, sometimes you can't even remember their name. You're like, who is this character? We now kind of spend the entire episode with them, and yeah, it doesn't work. But you kind of respect them for trying. Yeah, you know. I think there's always the
2: worry about going solo character like an episode on a single character, and then you kind of feel like the obligation to give every character their own one. Want- I mm. know Arrested Development did an entire season where they focused on single characters. It did not, and did it not work. Yeah, yeah, it didn't work at all. And so it's an interesting you, you kind point. of run that risk yeah. of perhaps it just wouldn't. Stand up, and I think, especially with the amount of pressure on Game of Thrones to deliver really good episodes, because so many people are watching and talking about it, I imagine it's just something they don't want to risk. And perhaps there's a difficulty of it is that they can't take risks with this show anymore, because there are just so many people watching it and kind of who expect certain things from every character. And I'm sure, you know, we talk about George R. R. Martin having spending so long writing this new book. And it's basically because he has so much pressure on his shoulders from fans who are obsessed with this show and obsessed with his books, and he needs to deliver something of the highest quality. Otherwise, people are just going to throw their toys out the pram and just be really upset if it's not 10 out of 10, 5 out of 5, a book I, or show. I feel and like I think,
1: as, I mean, most people sit down to watch Game of Thrones now, they kind of know what's going to happen yeah, because of, yeah. of all the theories. that have been And I feel like there's no true surprises in, in this TV show anymore. Am I right Think, in thinking yeah. that? That's yeah, pro- that's
0: probably where the hype comes from, isn't it? It's because people enjoy the theorising and the, the the spoilers and the big cliffhangers and those moments, and that makes it it's like a recipe for a talked-about show. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of other things that I really want to rant about that you can feel free to tell me I'm talking bullshit. <laughs> One, it really bugs me that... So, OK, so it's good to have a flawed character, but it annoys me when they're missold. So, for example, like Daenerys... Is, I think is like a despot, like an actual fucking tyrant, mm-hmm. but I think we're kind of encouraged to think that she's a real good real hero, and mm. I don't know, I think there's the potential that they will get it across that she's she's actually like, when you look at what she's done, it's actually been quite exploitative, and maybe they will address that, and I hope they do, but it seems like they're not going to, it's just going to mm. end for this like big marriage with her and Jon and like, hooray, she's like, beating the White Walkers and also, I thought Arya's story last season was like so bad when she was in bravos um it was just every week it was like she had a little fight then she got knocked down then she got back up Mm. and also like i was thinking man she's been a dick like (laughs) jack and hagar helped her out like every season was a really good guy and he was like you know come and come and join my my order i'll teach you the ways she just fucked him over and just <laughs> ditched. And we supposed to be like great. I was like, "Damn, that's not <laughs> just didn't seem good, like a good thing to me." But so there's that and then I don't know, sometimes I find the acting quite
1: hammy. I agree with know. that. I, so mean... I think There's
0: a a lot of that to do with is I think is to do with the the VFX thing. So I I spoke to Maisie Williams about that last year and was asking uh, kind of why if is it problematic and she definitely definitely had her frustrations with it. She said um particularly when you're trying to work with someone else as you're both imagining something totally different neither of you imagine exactly what they're going to put there yeah. when you're working mm-hmm. with a green scene and I, I, was, I was like exactly what is it about giving an authentic performance that she finds difficult with a green screen, green screen and she said your eyeline so like she said quote they're like look out to the castle and you just think well how, how far away is it yeah. is it right here <laughs> and although you can ask all of those questions it never looks right and when you watch it back and you think I can tell I'm looking at a green screen even though for an audience member it may not register yeah. but for this yeah. audience member it does register yeah. <laughs> like those shots of like someone looking out at sea or looking at a fleet of ships I can do, I almost just like see that glazed over I'm looking at a green screen <laughs> thing mm. I don't know if you yeah. get
1: that I kind of do actually I've got to say um, it's funny because I think Maisie Williams is probably is one of the you know she's in the uh, upper rung of best actors on the show, I'd say. So it's funny that she she watches her performance back and, and may sometimes feel mm. that it's affected by She's that.
0: the most outspoken, though. Everyone very much toes the line. Mm-hmm. If you've ever done yeah. roundtables with those actors, she's the one that
2: always kind of, like, says what's on her mind a little bit. Mm. I think it's interesting on the show that you have so many young actors who would never really did anything before, because you can tell the calibre between someone <laughs> like Kit Harrington and even the guy who plays, like, Jorah or... Angela, Helena, Heddy, and people like yeah, but there's something like they are really like those are some really good actors, mm. and they do outshine some of the younger ones by quite a long way. Yeah, I, mean, like, I, d-
1: I, I don't want to name any names, that. but I, I think, I think Amelia Clark. I mean, she seems like a lovely, lovely lady, and I'm sure she is. But <laughs> makes you want to, sometimes her performance makes me want to scratch my eyes. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> i feel really harsh <laughs> now okay so a me oh. also a character whose name rhymes with shmissandai <laughs> doesn't does really does really, me. really yeah i um but yeah like you said, like lane heady and uh nicolai costa yeah, Waldo, they're great. absolutely fantastic um without them and back when in the day when charles dance was on the show as well i mean that's yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's a perfect i miss charles dance man he was great of high caliber was great yeah
0: even, even Stannis, I feel like you missed, because he was also one of those characters that wasn't too extreme. It was kind of oscillating somewhere in the middle of the He was the very interesting. Spe- good spectrum, yeah. yeah. Oh,
1: mm. dude, yeah, the, um, the uh, what's her face? Uh, Missan- uh, the, um, the red woman. Uh, what, Melisandre. Her- Melisandra. Yeah. I really like her character, you know. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I, as someone who's quite a um, an outspoken critic of this show, other people who like it, can't really bear her but i really <laughs> like her character i don't know it's rad. it's a bit a rogue one for me but yeah. <laughs> it's a very stony face <laughs> yeah
0: i mean i feel like we've just dicked on it now quite heavily yeah, well I, th- I think
1: i think like uh, so the reason the reason why i why i do um kind of criticize it a lot whether it's now or down the pub with my mates whatever, is because um i just can't really understand why it has award success heaped upon it. It's yeah. it's won the Emmy, I believe, for two years in uh, in a row now and it's been nominated every other year. And I think the last Emmy, it was like a historic wit it was a historic year where it's won them more than any other. And quite honestly, like I've got a list of TV shows here, like it's up against like Berth it was up against Mad Men when that was on. Um, the Americans, Mr. Robot, I mean, The Leftovers wasn't even nominated, which says everything you need to know. But the fact that it won above these shows, even Homeland, which saw a bit of a resurgence, which was kind of far better than Game of Thrones season five. Mm-hmm. Um and yet it, it won. And I think it literally is because of the cultural significance. Yeah. And that's not I, the right reason for yeah, something I mean, to win. Exactly yeah.
2: what it feels like it's that they know that if Game of Thrones wins everything, it's going to get a heap load of headlines. It's going mm. Everyone's going to be talking about it. Like everyone's going to be... I guess the hope is that everyone will tune in next year to make sure that they catch whatever's going on. Mm. Even though I just... It's made it really boring, and I'm glad that Game of Thrones isn't up for Emmys this year. Yeah, it missed because... the it missed the um the deadline, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, because there's
0: there's so much like you know seeing Atlanta get do well at the Golden Globes. It's, mm. it's nice to see those new shows. with hope, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. So like between West, I'm hoping Westworld, which is obviously is what HBO have lined up to be the mm. next Game of Thrones. But I mean, I, maybe you guys are skeptical. But I really enjoyed the first season I, of Westworld. I
0: I, incre- yeah, I, I dislike it. Westworld more by the day. Really? I think about it. Yeah, I re- I really like. The the premise was so I was so intrigued by it and then just let down by it and I just felt like it was convoluted ah. and just being complex for complex sake and I don't think it really got down to any of the philosophical questions <laughs> it lined up. And, I mean I mean uh, uh, I, am,
1: <laughs> I am a I am a massive Lost fan so true. No wonder I love Westworld.
2: <laughs> I agree with you like I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good show mm. and I think like some of the twists when they came when they came about like there was the man in black thing and mm. I was just like. I had a well, massive smile on my face. The well, this is the time. thing like, I
1: think yes. with with a show like Westworld, I think it, it, it lends itself to intense theory and debate, and you do kind of generate the um, kind of the conclusions yourself. But yet, when you when when we watched them, I still felt satisfied and yeah. happy, and kind of got chills about what I was seeing, even though I kind of knew what was going to happen. Whereas in Game of Thrones, it happens like, oh yeah, well of course, <laughs> we, we knew that we knew this years ago, and I don't feel a sense of excitement with what I'm watching. Yeah, what
2: do you think is going to happen with Game
1: of Thrones? Um. <laughs> uh, well I just uh, hope Sajura don't die is he cured of his grayscale now
2: there's a clip in the new trailer where his arm like comes through some little grey, and it's like freaky see that's the
1: only um, thing I care about Sajura <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's all I care about too I'm just
0: in for that subplot I hope he <laughs> turns to her side and manages to marry her I just want to talk like Sajura like on a day basis <laughs> coming to the office like pass me that phone <laughs> <laughs> he's a great he's a
1: I think I think there are going to be lots of really good battles um which i'm sure i'm sure will be uh will be worthy of all the acclaim. um but beyond that i think there's going to be lots of talking where not much happens you i know. think everyone should die fighting each other
0: and the throne is left empty and it's the kind of the, the impact is like everyone's you know clamoring for power yeah and then no look no where one, no this got it. everyone yeah i hope they do something like that because that was another thing i wanted to talk about today is that like it it is a somewhat political show, but it feels like it misses opportunities to mm. have any kind of, like, pl- political impact or, like, poignancy. So, obviously, The Handmaid's Tale right now, everyone's loving because it's, like, you see that reflection with what's going on right now. It's and Game of Thrones could 100% mm. do that. There are even characters that, you know, people are always like, oh, Donald Trump's Joffrey or whatever. Yeah, It might not be that straightforward, but it could, it could have some parallels, but instead it just seems
2: to be, like, just detached
0: from all reality.
2: I kind of get why it's not, because they're trying to obviously appeal to everyone on the political spectrum. But at the same time, you're right, it would be... They could make some really interesting points, but they just don't. They really... I think They almost go out of their way not to yeah, I agree. Uh, pull any direct comparisons
1: between anyone. Um, I, th- I think... In the play devil's advocate, I think it would be kind of um, abusing their power to do that in a sense, because I feel like these guys, uh, through their inability to do it already, have kind of shown that maybe they're not the right guys to do that. So to do it would be really, really... Obvious, and I think if yeah. you're going to do it, it, it has to be in a way where you can, where yeah. it can, you can. Really it's there, it's there for you to, to take if you want I got,
0: it. I should be clear. I don't mean that it should like reference what's literally happening right now. Yeah. but it should like expose political truth that like transcend time. You know that we yeah. can recognise whenever they're happening. I it, it doesn't really tend to do that. Yeah, I think I think
1: it's because they they're struggling enough yeah. with the char- with the number of characters and storylines they have. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. are struggling. Be
2: difficult to ham this, some sort of political ideas in there. I don't know it I don't know if it it's a show that it probably could lend itself to it, but they've really just decided not to. The worst they get is just Cersei being a power hungry yeah. person who which now is... takes over and kills everyone. Yeah. that's about it. What do you think they're gonna do with the
0: spin offs so they're taking the unprecedented <laughs> move because they it's so popular where they can afford to develop four ideas at once. Five. Five is it? Yeah. Um, and I can't remember the writers now, but they've got a couple of them are very like stock choices, and then a couple of them are quite unusual. I think the Mad Men writers developing mm. one. Um, so I don't know which one will win out, whether they'll go for a slightly
2: unusual one or whether they'll go for, you know, the bankable option. But I think go for something completely different. Yeah. Just choose somewhere like not even in Westeros, just somewhere in that world yeah. without any references, just because. They could, whatever they do, people are going to watch it and they could do something really interesting, just something mm. completely different to Game of Thrones. But because it's like got this link, yeah. everyone would watch it anywhere. So they really could take a risk. But again, like we were saying earlier, they're not re- it's not a risk taking show, particularly, especially not anymore. It's so true. Because, like, you know, Star
0: Wars could have done that. Like, whatever the s- standalone films were going to be, people would have gone to see them. But so far, and judging by the recent mm. firing of the directors, they yeah. sound like they're going to go for something more straightforward right. and also like it being, it being HBO, you think they'd want, they'd want to you've got to remember it is HBO even though the, it doesn't feel like an HBO show to me at all they do it should be it should be a network where they, they, they're willing to take that risk with a, with the spin-off because they don't even really do spin-offs or sequels no. it's not really in their DNA so if, them, if they're going to do it, they should at least try
2: and make it very unique. It's interesting talking about... The Han Solo film. I actually, I met someone who was working on it over the weekend. And they said that Lord and Miller were doing all this improv stuff. And it was just really weird and wacky. But then they decided to get Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote it. He's like, he wrote Empire Strikes Back. Apparently he got really annoyed at it and controlling. And it really, apparently they fired them because they wanted to please this old guard. And so it was just keeping it really... Narrow-minded, kind of keeping it along the very same tracks as it's always been, and not wanting to take risks at all. Yeah. And it's pretty much the same, you know. They're going to get in. I mean, it's going to be George R. R. Martin keeping everything afloat. It's going to be kind of. I imagine it will probably be him having the final word on everything. The same HBO bosses yeah. doing everything. Like, it's not going to be. I really doubt it will be anything new at
1: all. No, I think I think they'll probably try and emulate the success they've had and it could find the show out and it could be eventually what uh dampens the show's um popularity in the future yeah if 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 i mean it could be i'm thinking of like um better call saul for example prequel to breaking bad but that was that's literally being done through passion of that world Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould yeah there's they, there's. no, there's, it doesn't feel money-grabbing. It doesn't feel like they're just trying to cash in on their popularity. It feels really honest, and it is yeah, completely different. Yeah, but yet still, I
0: would argue that it's funny because they've, they've done Better Call Saul just for the love of it, and, like, you read about it and I've spoken to them, they've just said, you know, we just really... We weren't sure about whether we should return to that, world, but we just really wanted to. So mm. I have, like, I have so much, like admiration and affection for that, but I still think they should have let it be. I don't think Better really? Call Saul was worthwhile. Mm. I think you, you don't say, agree with all the
1: headlines saying, <laughs> Better Call Saul is <laughs> better than Breaking Bad, Crazy
0: talk. And uh, you know, Fear the Walking Dead hasn't really had the impact they wanted. I think it, <laughs> the track record is not good for yeah. spin-offs of TV series. Except for Fraser.
1: <laughs> except, <laughs> except for Fraser. <laughs> it's funny, I... I um, I'd, I mean, to bring it back to The Leftovers, because that's what I always do. Um, I, I was speaking to Damon Lindelof, who's the showrunner and co-creator who also did Lost. Um, and he uh, he was reeling off his favourite TV shows. He loves Game of Thrones, which I find quite interesting. But he he would class his favourite TV shows as um, Breaking Bad and The Wire um, and Mad Men. And he, what he loves about those shows is that when you talk about them, no one ever really thinks about the... Um, no one ever goes talks about the final episode, they talk about kind of, they always have a favourite season. Oh, I love the season, especially The Wire. I love the season three, I love the season four, I love the docks. Um, Season two, um, but whereas with Lost, it's very much, oh, the ending was shit. Um, And he really wanted, with The Leftovers, he really wanted it to be with the former, where people just kind of reflect upon it as a series. Thinking about that with Game of Thrones, I just genuinely do think it will have, if, say, they come out with a really, really, Really crap final episode. <laughs> mm. Do you think fans of Downton would be like, "Oh, that show is awful"? And we'll, we'll just always be like, "Game of Thrones ended in that way." What, like Dexter for example?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean the the trajectory it's on is all about what happens next. So it is kind it's of, reliant, isn't it's it? It's kind of reliant on the finale. It's Which... all been leading, so you know the winter is coming, winter is here stuff. It mm. is all leading to an endpoint.
1: But... I think it's going to end in a really underwhelming way for a lot of people. <laughs> I really do. I think, and I think I'll love that. Yeah. I don't think I'll love that because I'll be like, ha ha, I think I'll love it in a way it's like, well fair enough, end it in, only if they want it to end it in an underwhelming way, if they go out and they want to make it really grandstanding and it just is a damp squib, then it would be very, very tragic.
2: I don't know, I think people look back and go, because I already look back and go, oh man, like season three was amazing, or whichever one the Red Wedding was in, that whole lead up where you kind of had... Rob's army, and then every you know the Battle of the Five Armies, or whatever it was called. I think that was so great. That was like really season two as well with the Battle of Blackwater. I like that. That was great. Yeah. So I think they 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 already have that to go back on. I think people will look back on it and go, those first three seasons, even the fourth to a kind of extent, were really good. And then after that finished, and after they killed off so many main characters, and only had. A few, then people go, Yeah, kind of lost track a bit. Mm. And so, unless they can really pull it off with this last season, which you know, they could, the last two seasons, sorry, you know, they could, they could make it really great. But I think it's just going to be a matter of people going to be talking about certain moments. They're not going to be talking about the season again. We go, Oh my god, I remember when John and Khaleesi met up and like that one moment was amazing. And then they're just going to spend the next like hour. Talking mm. and just being like, "Oh my God, you're my cousin or whatever." I even think that
1: moment's gonna f- gonna fall flat. I really do. <laughs> I think. I I think in. I just can't see it really ignoring no. the screen.
0: Uh, John's a very stoic, unemotional character, and yeah. um, so is she. Really subtle that she's gonna stand in the room and be like. Hey, yeah. You you seem like an all right person. Yeah, you do too. <laughs> Let's maybe go and sort out those all those fucking zombies that are up yeah. north. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And
2: then and then critics
1: <laughs> critics across the world would be like, "It was an amazing moment. <laughs> yeah. It was up
2: there with the greatest TV moments yeah. in history." So no, it wasn't. Or maybe they'll really underplay it. I would quite like that. They literally just like they're walking along and they accidentally bump into each other and they're like, Oh yeah, How I do they, feel they feel like- accidentally <laughs> bump into each other, the rulers of this, like, I don't know. In some like tavern somewhere.
1: <laughs> Imagine Daenerys in a tavern. Oh, she's down a
0: tavern again. Like a of thing as she always is. <laughs> the dragon's just outside chained up.
2: That's
1: how I'd do it anyway. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm leaving it that. on like on a positive note. I am <laughs> I am still like looking, looking I'm looking forward to covering it. I'm looking forward to watching each episode and it is it is fun you know when when it starts up and you're like and it drops in whether it's on a cold open or the first scene of where it's going to be and what it's going to look like, and you know you are going to see something on screen that's going to be incredibly well constructed and it's you know the vFX to be absolutely seamless and it to just look really amazing so i I am excited for it to come back maybe let's just everyone just chill out like five percent
1: yeah yeah i mean any sh- any tv show any show that gets people watching. TV or talking about it once uh, once Hips has finished you know it's great and I think Game of Thrones is, is um, you know the chief TV show for that
2: anything that gets people away from Love Island for five
1: minutes Chris <laughs>
2: well I have to pry myself away
1: Hope, that, I think that's maybe, a whole new podcast <laughs>
0: uh, maybe it will have concluded by then and I'll have my life back I don't know <laughs> 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 alright well uh, Jacob Jack thanks as Thank always you. thanks, thanks nice to see. See you uh, listeners in a in a couple of weeks Um, In the meantime, are you following us on Twitter? You should definitely follow us on Twitter at Kernels and on Instagram and on iTunes and RSS feed. We're working on all these different mediums by which everyone listens trying to get a handle on them. So Kernels should be available everywhere soon, I hope. (laughs) All right, cheers.